Well, they're filming for me, uh, so I'm somebody who is uh, very unusual. I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. Or, or Pastor Tim, for that matter. But, but rather, um, John of Athens. Pastor Tim can say that if your hair gets to be an inch, like kind of hippie, move the stuff a little length. Is that, is that right, normally? <laughs> that was definitely a lot for that was going to be out there. Yeah, but thanks for doing that. John the Baptist, though, hey, he was an interesting guy if there ever was one. He was unlike anybody else. And still people try to put him in a box. They said, you're the prophet, right? You, you are uh, Elijah. He said, I don't even know what he's going he said, okay, don't tell me, 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 don't John appeared at the time uh, when um, you know, the, the Jewish people, the Jews among them, they, they were certainly not of the majority. They, they were living and trying to exist in, in this place that was thoroughly Greco Roman in culture. And that culture really established a lot of what we experience today in our architecture and our politics and our buildings and, our, and even in our cultural values, really, we can trace back to that time. And there was John appearing in this multicultural, multi ethnic world among these people, and the Jews wanted to have some stability among them. They came up with rules and norms and rules and things like that, and John just didn't care. He just wasn't there. He was called the Baptist. Now, many of us might prefer that he was called John the Lutheran, but he was called John the Baptist. Not because of any denominational significance or anything like that, or designation. But rather because of what he did. He baptized. And baptism didn't begin with John. No, not at all. The, the Jews before John would baptize. And, and what they would do is that when there would be um, Gentiles, non Jews, who wanted to convert to Judaism, they would have to be cleansed because Gentiles were considered to be unclean. So they would go through this cleansing ritual that was baptism. But along came John, and John said, you know what, this, this is not just for those who are not Jews. This is for everyone. Because if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, you need to be clean and free. He just simply being a child of Abraham is not going to do it, because you need to be clean, you need to turn around, and you need to be clean. And you get a new He was the benefit. And both John and his message could have been dismissed. It's just being After all, he was just guy dressed like he had just stepped out of the pages of the Old Testament. And as Brenda was trying to describe up there, boy, it was different. He was making, he was, he was wearing these different clothing you know, that was made out of camel hair. Now, I don't know what that would be like. You know, I, I, for me, I mean, it sounds like it would be kind of itchy, you know, just really uncomfortable to wear. Although somebody last night said, hey, I've got a camel hair coat, it's pretty comfortable, that's pretty nice. But something tells me it's not exactly that kind of a strange garment that we're talking about here at the time. I mean, he has a strange diet. He needs bugs. Now, you know, I know that in certain parts of the world, bugs are considered to be a delicacy. 
something that they really enjoy eating, but not me. I mean, that is not on my diet. Okay? And I different with what he would eat. And if anything, though, because he's left in the powerful message and the strange message that he had, actually drew people to him out there in the wilderness. So we can see that this place where he was baptized was actually 40 miles from Jerusalem, which is no short distance when you consider that most people in those days, if they wanted to get someplace, they had to walk. Which meant that they would walk 40 miles to be able to get to Zion. So, you know, you're not going to just stop by on your way to somebody else's house or somewhere like that and say, oh, what are they doing? I'm going to stop by here and, and get baptized. No, you had to go there intentionally. So, out of your way, it was a journey to be able to get there and be baptized. And it came to him. Tell me the difference. But he grew. He gathered around himself disciples, students, people who could learn from him and listen to his message and be part of this great ministry that he had. And the common people came. Soldiers came. The religious leaders came. All to experience this new dedication of Christ. Come in. He was a celebrity of the time. All heard of him. Even King Herod heard of him. King Herod, who would wind up in prison and ultimately have John Paul on a trial that will come sometime in the future. So now, John understood John Paul and his disciples to join the disciples. Come to John with a complaint. The famous in John 3 6 326. He came to John and said to him, Rabbi, meaning teacher, that man who was with you on the other side of Jordan, the one you testified about, well, he is baptizing, and everyone's going to him. John, it used to be so much fun to be your follower. I mean, even my mother-in-law was impressed that I was a follower disciple of John the Baptist. You know, people would walk 40 miles to come here and see you. John, you got this guy who's a competitor across the river. Most everybody gets jealous once in a while. I mean, you can get jealous once in a while. But jealous is when I kind of feed them to their basic nature. It's just kind of stuff. Where, you know, what jealousy says is that somebody else is getting more than me. They're getting more love. They're getting more attention, more money, more respect. They're getting more than one. And I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy at all. If John doesn't answer that way, God is jealous. He says, in verse 4, he must become greater as I must become less. He's saying that life needs to become more and more about Jesus. It needs to become more and more centered around him and less and less centered around me. I mean, that's a radical statement. A radical statement. John identified Jesus as a dead father. But how did John experience and reach the significance of this? A time before Jesus came to John to be baptized, the one who showed up on the scene, John said this about him in John 1 29. He said, Look, behold, he said to another vision. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Two of John's disciples decided right then and there was trying to follow Jesus, but the rest of them, no, they didn't. 
God said, I'm among you. You think you know him, but really, you don't know nothing about him. As well as well, he's writer and speaker and author. He said that this statement that really stood out to me. He said, Many believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in Jesus. Many believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in Jesus. And when I read that statement, I was convinced, and I thought to myself, hey, I believe in Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that you are forgiven? Or forgiveness for somebody else? Do you believe that you are loved or is love for others that you have Do you believe in the resurrection? And I'm not just talking about when you die, right? I'm talking about do you believe that there's a new day for you today? And that's why you begin to trust the day that you are. Do you believe that you're not dead? But Jesus meant what he said when he said that he will never leave you. That he's with you always, even in the new world. Do you believe in Jesus? And you should believe in Jesus. It's one thing to believe in Jesus, to believe certain things about him, to believe in his good mind, to believe in his grace, to believe in certain correct theological statements about him. But to believe in the person is a second thing. And that second thing is Jesus. So why do so many people who believe in Jesus have trouble believing in Jesus? Because deep down we know that this is life-changing, this is a game-changing, this is something that if we go there, things are going to be different. People like to be in charge, they like to be in control, they like to have life about them. But if we go there, it means that Jesus is in charge, Jesus is in control. And he has become greater as I become less. And that, my friend, is a serious thing. Can you trust him? Many fear they cannot. They can trust their spouses. They trust their therapists. They trust their favorite ministers. They even trust their brother-in-law. But when it comes to the one who is the creator of all that exists, the one who has saved them, the one who has sacrificed so much for them, it's far safer to keep him on the other side of the Jordan, like God has said. The arms were safe to see. Those who felt the things about Jesus too, but they didn't believe him. So John said, Among you, stand in line, and you do not know. And this one came to give us Now, many of us who say that we believe in God. We also act as though we know more than God. Look at the crazy thing, okay? So when we read what God had to say, the end of the book of Job, to Job, where Job found that he was in a point he needed to be in prison and surrendering as well, we can learn from God's grace. Learn from that. And we set ourselves in this life. So 
so we have a more accurate perspective of God. This is what God said to do. He said, Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that dealt with my country with words without knowledge? He didn't know what to talk about. Brace yourself like a woman. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the deep foundation? Tell me if you understand it. Who am I going to see you? Who stretched the measuring line across it? On what were its hidden steps? Or who made its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy. Who felt the sea behind the doors and burst forth in the morning? And I made the clouds and sun and water and pitched the husband. And I fixed the limits for it and set the doors and wires in place. When I said, This far you may come, and no farther hills were to a proud wave of salt. Whatever you need, I'm trusting you. Trust me. To me, I'm trusting you. But then you're going to be trusting me, right? I'm trying to trust you. I'm trusting you. You know, I'll check a good job in a prison cell. In Herod's prison, in Hungary. Now, in those days, I mean, to be there in prison is not a fun place to be, but it's like a country club compared to what they had in those days. This prison cell could be a hole in the world. It was a place where people would go to rot and die. They didn't even many times feed their prisoners. If somebody would exist, they would have to have somebody come in from the outside and provide for them. There was no place to go to to change the bodily functions. The place stunk. And that's what God So they went to Jesus, and Jesus, hearing the question, made a statement in his words. And he said to his disciples, Hey, look around you, just report what you see. Tell John, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of the man who is in Thank you. 
Thank you. 